All right, so this is going to be uh, episode 42 of Chunky Less of the podcast. Uh, this was supposed to actually go on uh, with the episode when Ben Tufts uh, was on, but that conversation went uh, a little long, and it was really great that it went long. If you haven't checked that out, uh, I implore you to, as episode 41, the one before this, a uh, great conversation with uh, DC musician Ben Tufts about his latest project, Mudray, uh, amongst other things. Uh, but now uh, you're going to get a little bonus podcast uh, we haven't heard from Thor in a while. He went back from, he was here over the summer and interning for NPR and then went back to Eugene, Oregon, where he's in school. Uh, but through the magic of the interwebs, uh, we were able to talk with him today, uh, talk a little bit about the legacy of Kanye West 10 years in, and then talked about, uh, the latest EP from Speedy Ortiz. So, uh, hope you enjoy it. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. two-word review just a shit sandwich. That right there is a wonderful house. from Oregon. Thor, Ooh. hello. It's been howdy, a while. Howdy. Technology, uh, you've braved the snowstorm out there. And, yeah, uh, snowstorm. And we got the snow today, so, uh, and we got about half an inch. So, <laughs> but, you know, what are you going to do? Um, we're going to talk about Speedy Ortiz's new EP, which is Real Hair, uh, a whole of 14 minutes of it. And but before that, Thor, you want to do uh, talk a little bit about some uh, Kanye West, I think. Yeah. So um, this week, uh, the tenth, February tenth, two thousand fourteen, marks the tenth year anniversary of Kanye West's debut album, The College Dropout. Um, and it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty interesting because. I think we're seeing this year is the year that a lot of really popular albums are becoming 10. Mm-hmm. This whole sort of wave of music is becoming 10 years old, a decade old. As, so hap- it's a lot as happens every year. <laughs> yeah, as, as, as happens every year. But I think this year, uh, I think I, th- I think 2004 was definitely, you know, uh, a pretty popular year. Like The Killers, mm-hmm. um, Hot Fuss came out 10 years ago, which is a big album. But I think uh, a common thread among the albums that came out 10 years ago and the bands that were popular 10 years ago is that few of them are still trendsetting. Right. Right. And, it, and it's interesting to look at Kanye West now because he's, he's never left the public eye. No, 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 no. He's, he's and go ahead. Uh, well, you know, I was going to say it's, it's, it's not like we can look at Kanye nostalgically all the time. You know, because he's always they're always pushing the new album, and everyone's talking about his newest album. So we're not really given a chance that many times to look back at 
um, you know, basically the older stuff that I think a lot more people identify with, uh, than some of his newer stuff. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And actually I will tell you, like I came to, uh, Kanye West at, uh, hard at 808s and heartbreaks. Um, that was before my midlife crisis, love hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But, um, I, I, I distinctly remember, uh, I know Daria is, has always been a proponent of Kanye's work. And when we were going out to Austin in 2007 for Austin City Limits, she was like, she put uh, "Cause Dropout" on my iPod and said, "You need to listen to this." And I was like, "Oh Jesus, this, this is not Uncle Tupelo. What are you doing?" And and I listened <laughs> to it, and, and it was, yeah, it, I mean, it was, it it was a change in how I think, uh, not just hip hop, but I think music in general was being done mm-hmm. because it was. It was slightly elevated, and you couldn't quite tell because it was still very plugged into the MTV thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's very much that. But if you really like, you put on your headphones and listen to it, like it, it was just there wasn't stuff coming out like that, even on that album. Yeah. No, I complete. I completely agree, and it's and it's interesting to um, you know we talk about you know, not a lot sounding like it, but I think one of the things, um, too about it that's interesting is that it was plugged into the MTV machine, like you said, Mm -hmm. but it was also, I think one of the most interesting things that got plugged into the MTV machine as MTV was on its, as on its dying way. Yeah. I think it was the last gas for sure. Yeah. And it's a very, it's a very just different, um, it's a very different type of album and it was such a crossover album and i think it, a lot of the, a lot of it you know that was around the time um you know just for reference i'm looking at the charts right now the hip-hop charts mm-hmm. um 2004 that's when you have people like um you know jay-z came out with the black album ying yang twins had come out with salt shaker uh like little john was becoming really popular yeah twisto was really popular um there was a lot of basically there was a lot of southern hip-hop that was becoming really really big yeah and here's this motherfucker Um, from chicago Exactly, like putting, you know, I mean, people were talking about Little John, like, you know, put your balls on the wall, and then Kanye West was, you know, tweaking Shaka Khan vocal samples mm-hmm. and putting, like, soulful string arrangements. And I think another thing that we don't talk about enough is that uh, this was a great album because it, he was a, he was the producer and the rapper on it. Yeah. Which didn't happen a lot with stuff that was at that commercial level. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I I think it it um I mean, this is still honestly, this isn't something I'm going to go back and like put on all the time. Um yeah. it's still beholden to what came before it, I think. Um yeah. and really trying to please a different uh demographic or what have you um mm-hmm. but there there's enough in here that s- sort of signified what he would eventually do you know um yeah i mean love it or hate it 
like Jesus is an astonishing achievement in recording. Like there's not, mm-hmm. uh, and and how how you perceive it depends on just strictly how you personally relate to that, and you can't say that about a lot of albums. Like it's divisive yeah. down to the individual, um, and when an artist is able to get to that point, I think that's just a, and here comes Gus. <laughs> um, artists can get to that point. Uh, it, I, I think it's a, uh, it's a sign that they are a, a truly a great artist and sort of transcending boundaries. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, looking forward, I mean, you, you know, from there, uh, it was late registration, which you saw a lot more expansion on it. Um, mm-hmm. and then into graduation. Um, and that was, I think, yeah, it was stronger. So this is his first uh, collaboration with Daft Punk, uh, bringing that music into what he's doing. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, the guys. Which, on- I mean, eventually would you know pave the way for 808s and and really influencing. I mean, really taking it, electronic music. I think eventually it paved the way for random access memories. Like honestly, I can see it. yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, here's a guy that loves uh, Jay Z as much as he loves like Steely Dan. And there's Steely Dan samples in this shit. It's 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 good. Yeah. Um, so and I, I think there's also something to say too about the thing that's really charming about this album now is that I think there's a lot of this album that points to the mastermind Kanye would become, like mm-hmm. you know the architect that he would be. But there's a lot on this album that necessarily isn't trying to push the boundaries. Right. And I think there's these really charming moments on the record, like. I, I really wasn't a fan of it the first when I was originally listening to this record when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 10 years later, I've been listening to a lot this week. And one of the standout tracks for me was uh, Family Business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which is which is the track after Through the Wire, which was the big single. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a track like that, Kanye would never touch these days. No, fuck and, no. not, and, and not saying that's a bad thing. No, but, he, you know, he's progressed. I mean, he's evolved, yeah. if you will. You know, there's something just charming about Kanye West rapping about how he hopes that when he takes a girlfriend to a family dinner, they don't tell her that he pees in the bed. You know, he peed in the bed as a kid. You know, there's something charming about that Kanye West that we haven't seen since this album. Yeah, well, well, no, I'd almost a little disagree. I think it, it, it implies and sort of revealed a willingness to be... Uh, very emotionally honest, which doesn't happen in a lot of hip hop, um, and it doesn't happen yeah. in a lot of music. Period. Like people like yeah. making these grand emotional statements, but not really. Um, and yeah. and and something like that is uh, getting. I actually so I was reformatting your Weezer post today for the new site, um, and like <laughs> no, it it is is Pinkerton worthy. It is that getting in that level mm-hmm. of like this is coming straight from the center of this guy's soul and he's willing to put that out there because at the end of the day he can put that behind him and it makes better art and you know there are people that will always be like well what the fuck you know I can't believe you said that but who cares like it's the end of the day that song persists Mm -hmm. and and people like you or I or anybody else is going to relate to that and be like oh shit like this feels like it came from a very real person so yeah yeah and and i guess you know to 
to, to backtrack a little bit and, and clarify what I was saying, I, I do agree. Um, but I think that, you know, I guess what I was trying to say is that the Kanye West on college dropout is just a little bit more relatable, mm-hmm. I guess is what I'm trying to say, than some of his later work. You know, we yeah. don't know, you know, it's it's very interesting to see inside his brain when he's a megastar and that art yeah. take form. But there's something about college dropout where he's still at that level of the everyday guy. Yeah. And we, and seeing that progression go on and go forth has been amazing and fascinating as an artist. But looking back, you start realizing like, wow, you know, there's, there was a point where Kanye wasn't, you know, he wasn't like in fashion shows. He wasn't dating Kim Kardashian. Yeah. Yeah. There was a point, you know, cause everyone sees him as this built up megalomaniac, well, he, but he was the producer for Jay-Z's albums though. So he was, I mean, he was, was, I mean, he was, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, but, but yeah, I mean, what you're saying, yeah, exactly. Is like there was a point where he was not like Bono, for yeah. example. Like he he was not like Kanye with a capital K and a silent whatever, you know, goes along yeah. with that. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, it turns ten. Uh, yeah, and actually, you know, just to put a little bit of a personal spin on it too. Um, it was the, you know, sort of fascinating because it was, I think, the first new record I ever bought. Like, the first album really? of new music I ever bought. Sure. Um, through the strength of the Through the Wire music video. And I think about it, and I think about it as a kid and how many times that process has been repeated in my life. And I think that was one of the very few times where I did that in my life. And I think, you know, like you said, it, it's part of the last the last bastion of, of that type of music consumption. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it really was the album that you heard the music video for. You went out and bought the CD, you know, I had to buy the edited CD cause I wasn't old enough to, <laughs> you know, You're like that was the thing. And it was, and so it really, it really hit me a lot and, and I, and I, you know, there was yeah. something definitely there. And it was also, you know, it was, it was great because there was, you know, like you said, this is a guy who likes Steely Dan just as much as he would like a Daft Punk. Yeah. Um, and growing up with a dad who played, you know, nothing but soul music and, and, right. and, and whatnot, it was, it felt familiar, but it felt, it felt new. It felt heartfelt. It felt. You know, I mean, it felt like poetry, really. Yeah, as it, a kid, and I remember well, it just is. being really groundbreaking. For it, it's groundbreaking, and it is, yeah. and, and and he is one artist who has, despite the uh, misogyny of even like uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, um, a lot of mm. his music has done has gone a long way in music, at least, to break down like uh, color barriers, race barriers, um, mm-hmm. and you know because yeah, and I, and I think just put hip-hop in the realm of mainstream music in, you know, class-up hip-hop. Yeah, yeah. You know, you could, I mean, I feel like everything at the, like, you could see Kanye West performing at the Grammys and fitting in and not being a token hip-hop act. Yeah. You know, you could never see Little John or Ludacris at the Grammys performing 
And if you did see Hip Hop Guy at the Grammys performing, it was usually really contrived. You know, it was like Heavy yeah, yeah. D and the Boys or something. Yeah. You know, it was just something god awful or like Coolio, you know, Gangster's Paradise. Yeah, nothing wrong with Coolio. But, man. you know, to see something that. <laughs> Can't hang on Coolio, but. You know, I think it, I think it definitely classed up hip hop. And I think it made, looking back on, I think one of the biggest accomplishments it did is it made people realize that hip hop can be this thing that can exist in this realm with music fans, not hip hop fans. And, you know, people are going to say, oh, well, that's been like that since the beginning of hip hop, but no one sold as many albums as this, you know, no one sold as many albums as College Dropout did. Um, and you just, you know, you have to stare it in the face and say, well, this was life changing because it may not have been the first, but it was the most popular. Yep. So that is 10 years of uh, Kanye West. Um, and hopefully we will get another 10 years and more good stuff from him right now, though. Uh, we're going to talk about the new EP from Speedy Ortiz. That is the song American Horror from the uh, band Speedy Ortiz and their new EP. I believe it is Real Hair Thor. This is your jam, so I'll let you uh, take the lead here. This is my jam. All right, so quick refresher course on Speedy Ortiz. They're a band from Massachusetts. They've been on the DIY circuit for a while, um, I mean, not a while, I guess two or three years, mm-hmm. um, toured relentlessly, did DIY basement house shows, played a lot of stuff like that. Eventually got eyed by a ton of labels, um, ended up signing with Car Park, released their debut uh, album proper, Major Arcana, in 2013. It was actually, if you follow me on the site at all, it was one of my top 10 albums of 2013. It is this great, winding, sort of guitar-driven noise pop, very, um, very polvo, very pavement, harder, a lot of sort of the more intricate aspects of uh, grunge and noise rock music from the early 90s. A lot of people say, oh, they sound just like polvo, oh, they just sound just like pavement. One of the standout features for them is um, their lead, their songwriter and singer is named Sadie, um, who is a great poet. She has an MFA in poetry, and she just has these very interesting 
very sought out, very deliberate, well-worded lyrics that are actually sort of worth delving into, which is more than you can say for 90% of guitar rock bands. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the lyrics are always very interesting and very winding. And um, they came out with this EP, Real Hair, which I think is interesting to come out with an EP. Uh, you know, in 2014, when I first was like, why are they coming out? When I first heard they're coming out with an EP in 2014, it almost seems like, why? You know, <laughs> like, yep. it's a very valid question. I mean, you said it's, you know, it's 14 minutes. Wasn't expecting a whole lot. I thought basically I was going to hear B-sides, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe it would be tacked on to uh, the album, but I ended up listening to it and it's this beautiful, It it's basically... If you had taken their debut album, cut it down to 14 minutes, and shoved all the hooks from that first record into four songs, that's what this EP is. And it really struck me, and it, and it seems like a brilliant move for me, because I think one of the downfalls about a lot of guitar rock bands like this is there's a lot of songs that I just don't care about. They don't have the immediate hooks, they don't have the... Right. You know, they're just not, it's, you know, it's not inspired. And so first I was like, well, I don't care if it's, you know, not an album, but it's really this crazy distilled, especially in today's day and age, you rarely listen to a full album by a right. band that you like. Well, well, you know what I mean? You can like a band let, let, and sometimes you don't even make it through. Let's talk about in today's day and age. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... I, a lot of what you're saying, like yeah, is is about this album uh, is true. Is um, to my ears, what I'm hearing is, and I heard this on Major Arcana as well, um, a revival of what I guess was like the indie indie. So it was like Julian Hatfield and uh, and Kristen Hirsch from Belly and stuff. Uh, and there's not much mm-hmm. more beyond, beyond that. Um, <laughs> While I do admire them for uh, putting out new music this quickly, because I think as a band, I think you you have to like your job as a band is to make fucking music. So yeah. uh, if you're you are doing that, whether it's four songs, whether it's an album, like you should like keep on doing that. So for that, they have my utter respect. Um, I can't. Uh, <sighs> I have, every time I hear them, I wonder, like, why are they doing this right now? This is, like, squarely, like, 1994. There's no way around it. This is not influenced by it. This is this is squarely. So, and, and I know, Thor, you've talked to them a bit. And, yeah. Yeah, and, and so, like, full disclosure on that. Like, you know, you, you are friends with the band. If, so... Like maybe a little insight in, into what what's driving this outlet because, like you said, it, it's true. There there are like she's a great writer, and mm. and, and there yeah, are yeah. No, no. not not all the time, but when she hits, man, it's just like yeah, that's fucking good writing. But I, I the the vehicle that is delivered in like is confusing as hell to me right now. Yeah, it's it's uh, no, I 
see I see what you're saying and and it's 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 interesting because it's 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 not the, the vehicle is not something that's typically conducive to singer songwriter type music. It's not conducive well, to the lyrics. It was in those, it was in so, those bands that I was talking about though. I mean it was like the, yeah. it, it it was a subgenre but, of grunge and you know I think you know it's it comes down to you know I think in recently the way you know the way the internet just blew the lid off of everything mm-hmm. it's I think you're seeing more and more bands that are shoving themselves into these very, very tiny niche genres that are sort of void of, of sort of modern relevance right um I think everyone's doing that. I mean, it's, oh, it's yeah, I agree. It's very hard. It's very hard to catch a trend that's worth jumping on. You know, there's very few. There's very few trends. I think bands that are popular that are doing something new that I really think you know it's is is worthy of jumping off on. And I think it comes down to you as a listener and saying, well do I want something groundbreaking or do I want something really enjoyable hits yeah. my spots yeah. and it's and it's pushing you know I think I will say for them I think they push I think you know as you know it's I don't want to say this all the time because I think it's almost a cop out to say mm-hmm. oh well you have to see him live um yeah. Which can be a definite cop out. Yeah. And and they grew up, you know, even though Sadie, the front woman, had been writing songs and doing things on her own, they cut their teeth live, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, their lead guitar player does guitar solos out in the middle of the street, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's they're part of a, a wave of bands that are basically making music that is so pointless to make that there's something beautiful about it. I mean, I, I, I can... You know, like, I, this stuff wasn't no, even I, that popular when it came out. Well, it, it was, because, like, uh, like honestly, like, 24, 25... Not, not even 24. 22-, 23-year-old me, like, love this shit. Like this is yeah, this yeah, was yeah. this but, was. But, I mean, you were a, but you were a music nerd. You know, I mean, there's right, no right, I mean. right. But actually, you didn't have to be a music nerd. I mean, this was this was once grunt, once Nirvana hit, and grunge yeah. became part of the thing. Like as far as you know, it reached all the way to Blacksburg, <laughs> Virginia, where I was in school, and so any of this shit that came out was like awesome, and it was it was, but. To hear it now in 2014, like, like I personally like like can't get excited about it, but I can see where other people can, and so it's it's a little frustrating to me to listen to this and and like like I seriously it's a serious question like why this mode and like you said maybe there's a movement of people just doing this shit because it's like fuck it we're going to do this type of music. Yeah. And I think, you know, another, I think something that in general is becoming more popular. You know, people talk a lot about the grunge revival or whatever the hell that's supposed to mean, which isn't, you know, such a bullshit term, but Pro I think still it's around, man. young people. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, 
young people just get excited about guitar music. Yep. It's just yep. like a fact. It's yep. just a fact. There will always be people that when they reach that ripe age of being a whiny, alienated loser, you know, will just latch on to this angsty guitar rock. And I mean, yeah, it, it just speaks to, it's very speaks to demographic. It, it, it speaks to people wanting to go to house shows. You know what I mean? It speaks to people wanting to jump around. You know, it's people are always going to want to do that. Yeah. People are always going to want to hear big guitars and big hooks. Yep. That's and I think this band is just doing it smarter than 95% of the other bands. Yeah. Well, let's hear how they're doing it smarter. Let's hear uh, this is Oxygal. This is three minutes and 19 seconds, which is 15 minutes shorter than we've talked about them now. So. <laughs> So um, that was Oxygal, uh, and it is like what I was saying is it's very much a uh, 
a 90s throwback. They can't escape that now. I know people... No, they, and, they, and they'll never escape it. They've yeah. been called 90s ripoff so many times. They've... I, I didn't say I, I didn't say rip off though. I yeah, said, yeah, I said yeah. Throwback. But, I mean, they, you know, I, and, it's it's definitely. I think I, I talked to the I talked to the band and I, and I think I remember one of them saying that. You know, for a while, all the press was about Sadie being a front woman, mm-hmm. and now they're just glad the press is about the band being which, a '90s band because at least that involves the which, band. As which a whole. that's fucking gross, man. Like people, in, right? Yeah. Like, oh my god, there's a woman front in a rock band. It's like, oh Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, so revolutionary. Yeah. Like. But, anyways, um. Yeah, so I I think I know where you're you're gonna fall on this one here, Thor. Are you gonna are you gonna buy it? Is that is that the uh, you, or you have buy it, it buy it on vinyl, fangirl over it, get the band to sign it, post it on my wall. All right, I am going to stream it a few more times, uh, and if they agree to come on the podcast, then I will buy it from them and feed them dinner. How about that? <laughs> we're working on it. We're working on it. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get me at feelers out. All right, cool. Well, I think that is our podcast for this week. Uh, Thor, thank you very much for uh, thank you braving the snow. It's very good to talk to you, sir. And hopefully, you'll be. Are you eating a sandwich? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I wish. Yeah, Pizza Kingdom forever, man. Oh, I know. Don't even talk about Pizza Kingdom. All right. We Why will... wasn't the show sponsored by Pizza Kingdom? I'm working on it, man. I'm working on it. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll see you next week. And uh, yeah, take it easy. All right. Have a good one, Kevin.